0: I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. Welcome to Rich Text, a podcast about our cultural obsessions. Like, so bad, they are still, honestly, pretty bad Christmas movies. If you're listening today, you're
1: already a paid subscriber to our audio and written newsletter, Rich Text. Thank you, as always, for being here. You quite literally make our work possible.
0: We're here today because we watched the new Netflix comedy Best Christmas Ever, which is truly a contender for the most arranged Christmas movie of all time. We simply had to discuss it. It kind of has to be seen to be believed. There were points where I wondered if I had fallen asleep and I was having a dream. It's a lot to take in. It really is. I mean, on the surface, this film has
1: it all. Heather Graham, Brandy, no last name needed. <laughs> Plot twists that will shake you to your core. Parents willing to risk their very lives to convince their children that Santa might be
0: real. Yes, that is true motherhood is (laughs) taking your life into your hands to get your 10 year old to believe in Santa for just one more year. It's worth it, I mean. believe. You. So before we get into the plot, which is really where the magic
1: of this movie <laughs> lies, Best Christmas Ever is obviously a made-for-Netflix holiday movie. It was released on November 16th, and it stars a handful of 90s, early aughts icons, Brandy Norwood, Heather Graham, and also Jason Biggs. Randomly, yes. <laughs> sure. This movie was directed by Mary Lambert, who's directing history is most notably in the horror genre like all the pet cemetery (laughs) movies and I was like honestly in a way this movie is a horror film so that that kind of tracks though she also directed A Castle for Christmas the Brooke Shields Carrie Elwes Christmas movie that was literally so bad I could not finish it we did cover it on this podcast Oh,
0: we did. You know what? I couldn't finish it, and then I did you had to go, go back, back and finish. It I went. I guess. <laughs> I think that's funny that oh. you don't even remember uh, finishing. It. I I did
1: go back and rewatch it because we did decide to cover it on the podcast, and I completely <laughs> forgot because my my big memory is that I watched with our friend Laura Bassett. Yeah, uh, and we both were in such like physical pain watching it. Yeah. that we skipped the entire middle, watched the dance scene at the mm. end and turned it off and we're like we can't.
0: Yeah, we be did bothered. it. <laughs> Honestly, so that, this was yeah, I don't know. really useful context because there are some direction choices around the character work that some of the actors make that let's just say that knowing she has a background in horror Add some illumination to how that exactly. process went.
1: I'm like, what? I thought so too.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to that. There are some <laughs> character choices where you're just like, what kind of movie is this? Why is this child acting this way? And now I kind of understand. <laughs> yeah, because they're like being
1: directed as though they're, I don't know, like Chucky or something. <laughs> the screenplay was written by Todd Calgi Gallicano and Charles Shire. And I will say that Gallicano seems to be the real brains behind this operation the story is credited to him and Charles Shire I suspect was brought in to punch up a lackluster script because he has a much more impressive resume Gallicano this is his first real IMDB credit which is no shade we love people being given opportunities but clearly you know one of these people is more experienced Shire wrote and directed movies like Father of the Bride, Father of the Bride Part 2, the Lindsay Lohan parent trap. Like,
0: good movies, good comedies. Yeah. There are a few jokes where, you know, you could see that kind of professional touch. If I were me, if I were Charles Shire, I would maybe, after finishing this project, say you don't need to put that credit on there. Exactly. I'm happy to be sort of a ghostwriter style behind the scenes kind of guy here.
1: I, I feel like he was like, please make it clear that <laughs> the story is not me.
0: Yeah, I'm the one who added any of the jokes you thought were good. Let's Let's say that. The vibe of this movie is extremely artificial like you never ever forget for a single moment that this is a movie being made by actors that there are cameras (laughs) in the room sometimes it seems as if they're reading off of cue cards like the intonation of the words is extremely unnatural (laughs) like they've just been given the script for the first time and maybe they should have done a second take where they didn't pause for so long between two words or they put the emphasis differently but they were like no that first take is good enough Suspension of disbelief is just impossible under these circumstances. And, like, you absolutely can't forget that they're impossible. reading. And also the script just contains lines that no human would ever say. And it's obvious that it's for the purpose of exposition. And they just couldn't find a way to write that exposition in a way that made sense with human psychology.
1: And it's all tell. No yeah. showing. Because none of the performances are really displaying any kind of depth or humanity in these
0: characters at all. Yeah, we have to talk about Brandy and Heather's performances. They seem like they're in two different kinds of project. Not even like two different kinds of movie, but like different kinds of non-film project. I think Brandy seems like she's like hosting a holiday variety show on Netflix TV, right? (laughs) Heather Graham seems... I don't even know. She's she's doing such a bad job that I was wondering how she ever had a career as an actor. It's like AI doing a bumbling professional woman comic
1: performance.
0: Yeah, that's like that technology that I keep seeing advertised on Twitter now where they took a picture of Heather Graham and they used like motion detecting sensors to give her motions to do. And so that's just animating a picture of Heather Graham. Exactly. With her face, she's doing a lot of sort of rodent imitations, like an angry rodent or bird. Very often, like she is doing some sort of activity with children and she's like, can you be a squirrel? And then she does a squirrel for them and they have to do the squirrel with her. That's kind of the two components of her performance. So I would say that she's studying contrasts, <laughs> yeah. really unclear to me what heather graham is in but it doesn't seem like she's in a movie it's almost even like she's uncomfortable at times like she's having a hard time staying focused on acting because she has a toothache literally it seems like heather graham is uncomfortable more than her character heather graham
1: is struggling to like Exist in this setting, yeah. and Brandy is doing Brandy Cinderella, except she's yeah. she's like the magical black <laughs> fairy godmother. That is the vibe. That yeah. To be clear, this movie is full of very weird tropes, specifically for the characters of color. Yeah, a lot of weird, and it made tropes. me
0: deeply, deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So the core cast as we mentioned, Brandy Norwood, who is Brandy playing? She is playing a woman named Jackie Jennings, a glamorous woman with a million shiny white teeth. They just keep going and going and a large collection of drapey knit capes and silk silk robes. They are all trimmed with fur or marabou. She's doing a lot of like soft silk married with a feathery puffy trim and she always really seems like she's presenting something. And that is her speech cadence. That is her affect, which does give her a sort of fairy godmother esque quality. Like she's like descending bestowing things. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Heather Graham plays Charlotte Sanders, a very nervous and pinched woman who's always making very anxious and accusing faces, and she's always wearing like jeans and basic sweaters or button downs. Like she's someone with a non speaking but key role in an advertisement about laundry detergent or Swiffer wet jets you just see her you know picking up the clean basket of folded laundry and taking a big whiff and smiling because the Tide Pods made it smell so fresh except she's not
1: smiling she is the character before (laughs) they got the Tide Pods when she's just very (laughs) harried
0: She's like, That's I'm exactly a
1: mom. I'm a mom. Won't someone give me the good laundry detergent to make my life better? I'm
0: a mom. Why do my son's underwear <laughs> still smell so bad after I ran it through the wash? I need it with the special arm and hammer activated ingredient. We have Jason Biggs as Rob Sanders, who's just a good, normal guy who loves his family and wife, even though she is so mean and frigid and doesn't like him back or their kids. She doesn't and like him. And also... Anyone. He used to date Jackie. Yes, when they all knew each other in college. Charlotte <laughs> and Jackie were good friends in college. It Rob, seems, allegedly. 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 They don't seem like two people who would have ever been friends just based on their demeanors and how they interact with each other. Rob dated Jackie, which again seems implausible for the same reasons. Also, Rob is just kind of like what's he do? Like, he's just there. Does he have a job? Doesn't really seem like it. He flips houses. He, But loves... she never lets him buy a house to flip, so he doesn't <laughs> flip houses. He aspires to flip ha- He
1: thinks about yeah. flipping houses all the time. And it's like, is today the day that we can dip into our emergency yeah. fund to buy this dilapidated
0: house in the suburbs? Yeah. It seems like he doesn't have a job. He's an aspiring house flipper. <laughs> but it also doesn't seem like he's like the stay-at-home dad you know it doesn't seem like he's really taken the lead with the kids there are so many holes (laughs)
1: they're like we don't need to specify what this man does all day like i don't get it
0: he's a guy he's a man i'm truly like maybe maybe charlotte if you're worried about money maybe rob could get a job like it doesn't (laughs) seem like he has one it's not mentioned but there's another spouse in the mix matt cedeno plays valentino jackie's husband a muscular and handsome dojo owner. His character seems to have been written by Mad Libs, like 100% (laughs) Mad Libs based. He is like a Stepford husband robot. He is a dojo owner, theater enthusiast, and Mensa member, extremely ripped, like bulging muscles. He's always sitting around in tiny tank tops showing off his biceps. He's so
1: ripped that it is so startling that characters forget their words when they merely yeah.
0: see him in the kitchen. Like, that is the level of... There's also a point where if you pause the movie to read a certain piece of text that's on screen, like an, an in-universe piece of text, like a news article, you learn that he's a former telenovela star. <laughs> that trash. And that is, I guess, why he is directing the very important Christmas pageant in their hometown of Hadley Falls, which is a very prestigious job, I guess. And we never see him exercise, even though he's really ripped. He's always just sitting around reading books about string theory and showering his wife with adoration and compliments. And he's giving really strong. This character is giving very strong, like Latin lover trope.
1: Yes, with he a is garnish not of not a human parts. being. Yeah, he is not a human being. He is a trope. You just listened to a free preview of this week's Rich Text podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to listen to the rest of this week's podcast and our entire Rich Text back catalog, you can become a paying subscriber at clarandemma.substack.com.
0: If not, you can still enjoy our free weekly recommendations.
1: Rich Text is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. You can find the written version of Rich Text at claireandemma.substack.com. You can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and you can find our other podcast, Love to See It, over at Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on TikTok and
0: Twitter at Love to See It Pod. You can also find us individually at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thanks for listening.